And welcome back to episode 85 of the Weekly Tech Rant with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Carl, we are back again for another roundup of the latest tech stories. And we have we are. Well, several big ones this week. Of course, there's a, a slight thing going on with some bird site, but uh, we'll talk about that yep. in a bit. And again, what a week it's been. We're running a little bit later this week due to uh, scheduling changes. Now, it's my fault. I have been back Someone's on an airplane. Jet setting, aren't you? Yeah, for work travel, you know, to the glorious Emerald Isle. Not massively far, but it is nice to be out and about um, seeing people other than those in front of me on the Zoom or Teams or whatever your choice of web conferencing software is. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Things are things are starting to improve. It's nice to get out and see the tech. It's nice to see people not having any idea about OPSEC or security, sat in a plane with a laptop out or in the lounge, just wandering oh, really? on really seeing their laptops unlocked, you know. You know. Naughty naughty. I guess sitting at home for the last two years not worrying about anybody you know, looking over your shoulder is probably <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you've become lax. We have indeed. But it has given me an opportunity to uh, road test my Sony XM4s out in the real world because obviously I bought them back in 2020 and uh, since then I haven't had a chance to use the noise cancelling. They work a treat. Um, good. So that's really good. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's all good. It's all good. And of course this week as well I have a new microphone due to last week's uh, issues with the sound. So I apologise um, for anybody that had seriously bad experience. I didn't realise when we were editing it for some, I missed at the end there was a drop off in the the quality of the sound as we were closing the show out. So, it was, yeah. Uh, super apologies for those. Uh, but I have a new mic. I have the Samsung Q9U. Uh, Samsung, not Samsung. Samsung, sorry, yeah, Samsung. Samsung. I didn't mean to say Samsung. Um, but yeah, fantastic mic. It can, uh, it does um, USB C and oh god, what's the name of the other proper connector? Um, XLR. XLR, thank you. Um, one, yeah. So when we obviously buy money and we get a deck, we can plug it into that. But yeah, fantastic bit of kit. Sounds great. You've told me uh, you can hear me. So, yes, uh, yep. <laughs> Much better than last week's. <laughs> indeed. So then, are you good to go, Carl? Should we get started? I'm good to go. Let's do it. Right. So let's kick off then for the first story of this week, which is, uh, again, a bit of a th- long going thread, isn't it, from our friends over at Okta, who have finally is, yeah. published uh, their forensic report, haven't they, to the lapsus dollar uh, hack breach, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. So they've released a summary of uh, the third party uh, investigation, which we know is done by Mandian. So they've not released the actual findings, but a summary of haven't they? And they've told us it's not as bad as what it sounds. Um, <laughs> it's always that. It? Yeah, it I know, that I know. Put down. But yeah, the threat actor apparently controlled a single workstation, obviously used by the Cytel support engineer, uh, with obviously access to uh, Alter's resources. They only had control for allegedly 25 consecutive minutes on the 21st of January this year, uh, which obviously is a lot less than Lapsus have been telling us. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, who do you believe that? I mean, and, and, you know, there's a I don't degree know. of. Generally, I believe. No, I don't know. There's a bit on both sides, isn't it? Is lapses trying to big themselves up? Uh, Okta doing damage control, um, but Okta haven't great, haven't been great with communication, have they? No, and I I think that's the thing here. I'm inclined to believe Okta to a degree because it's, yes, of course, it's it's in their interest to be more transparent here, isn't it? Versus the bluster. Uh, yeah. of, uh, you know, a, a hacking group who want to make it sound exactly. perhaps that they did a better job <laughs> than they might not Well, I- indeed, indeed. So, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, as you said, Okta, I'm likely to believe. There's just always that niggling doubt at the back of my head because they've changed the story multiple times and they've been very lax at coming forward with information, uh, especially to their customers. Yes, massively, massively. So, uh, yeah, so they said 25 whole minutes. Um they, they only access two active customer tenants within the super user application uh, who have obviously been uh, notified separately of this. Uh, they viewed limited, limited information in additional systems like Slack and Jira, um, which obviously can't be used to perform actions in Okta. And they also said they were unable to successfully perform any configuration changes on the tenants. So no MFA or password resets, no customer support impersonation events. Um, and they're obviously unable to authenticate directly with any Okta accounts, is what they're saying. Um, uh, and they are promising to improve their uh, OPSEC, aren't they? Uh, yes, I think that is probably the the piece here is that they are trying to make it out that uh, yeah they uh, they want to have um, 
better transparency, wasn't it? Better communication. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they, 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 they made a mistake, yeah. was it? I think it was their, was was it that that was their terms? Or just a bit. Yeah, yeah. They've been a little lax. So they've got rid of Saito. They, they yeah, canned bye bye. them. The relationship. Um, they are strengthening their audit procedures when it you know involving these sub processors like Saitel. Uh, they're going to force them all to use a zero trust uh, security architecture. <laughs> They'll all have to authenticate via Okta. Uh, for the for the workspace applications, I mean, this why is the best. They? One. Why weren't oh, I know, they? I know, I know. This this is the best one. There's quite an eye opener. So Okta will now directly manage all devices of third parties that access our customer support tools, providing the necessary visibility to affect and respond to security incidents. So basically, I presume they're going to enroll these workstations in some kind of uh, UEM platform like Intune or Workspace One. Uh, so basically, to all intents and purposes, these machines will be controlled by Okta and not by the third party that's using it. Well, that is quite a statement, isn't it? Because, you know, you'd assume that your third party contractor would issue their own machines. You'd like you say there'd be security, yeah. but now like Okta really, I mean, you can almost argue then why are Okta outsourcing this then? Why are they not pulling everything back in house and managing it themselves? Well, exactly. Because I suppose those third parties now can't use that Okta managed machine or shouldn't be using that Okta managed machine to look to support any other of their customers because Okta could potentially see the other customer's data. Not that they yeah. would, but the potential is there. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so these really, these, these, these Okta, these used machines, sorry, these machines used to support Okta now need to be completely separate machines. <sighs> so yeah. there's, there's either, there's more ongoing costs for a third party then. Much more. And I guess, you know, Saito, as she said, are at the door. I'm not sure who else they work with. I don't think they've made it clear, have they, who are other third parties? No, no, they, they haven't. They no. Sort of Probably don't want to do that now, just to be clear. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, I think, you know, Damage Limitation was the name of the game here from Okta. Uh, you know, the Chief Security Officer, David Bradbury, is going out of his way, isn't he, to try and rebuild trust within their customer base yes. and, the, and the market. And ultimately, actually, to be, to be honest with you, I don't think Okta have suffered... <sighs> massively have they from a public perspective no um, uh, yeah i mean no not at the moment as i think we said before i'm very interested to see what the yearly results or, or the renewal rate is or how much they make from renewals time. when it comes to that point no exactly we won't know the repercussions of that you know will these customers think mm, i might go to someone else like ping or uh, whoever sell point or will they go well i might stay if you give me a discount on my renewal so are they going to see less uh, profit from renewal uh, in the short term. I think long term this will disappear and people will forget about it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this will be one of those things because there was no um, there was no breach or fallout. Was there in sense of that you know big name customer X, uh, no. you know, saying that you know we've lost this and it's all it's accredited to Okta. None of that happened. So in no. you know in a kind of a really kind of turn of fortune. Okta haven't been damaged by this in terms of their customers, have they? It's been more about no. their own personal processes. Yeah, egg on their faces and reveals, yeah. yeah, lapses in their security practices. Very much so. Very, very much so. Uh, um, massively, obviously, in their communication, because I think that was the third point. They said, you know, they're reviewing their communication processes and looking to adopt new systems that are going to you know, help them communicate more rapidly with customers on security and availability issues. But they knew about this from kind of the end of January, start of February. So that wasn't a lapse or crap communication tools, was it? That that was them just not telling anyone. No, that was that was shutting up to, to kind of yeah, burying your head in the sand at yeah. that point and hoping no one ever found out about it. That, that yeah. <laughs> no amount of tools are going to help you with that one. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no, no. But that needs to be a change from the top, really, doesn't it? It is. That is a complete culture uh, change that needs to be addressed, as you say, at sea level and built into their whole um, communication ethos. But yeah. it's, it's transpired, though, isn't it, that it turns out they weren't the only uh, other... Um, Source. We know that obviously many other companies were hacked, but there's been another telco, hasn't well, there? There has indeed come out and said that they were. Uh, well, they've now confirmed to the media yes. that they uh, they were hacked or, or, or uh, illegally accessed. Is probably the better way to yes, describe so... it, isn't it? Again, hmm. by the Lapsus Group, who themselves uh, said that they had attacked them back in March, and that's T-Mobile, isn't it, over in Germany? Yeah, I mean, at this point, who hasn't hacked T-Mobile? Well, I mean, they're like Swiss cheese, isn't it? It's like a revolving door. There's nothing else to get out of them. All the custom data has been leaked several times over the years. 
I mean, do you, do you, on the way through, do you see the other people coming out? You're like, oh, hi, see you later. <laughs> oh, hi there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've left the door open for you. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, here's the app in password. We've just reset it, you know, like. Um, well, yeah. But I mean, it's an interesting one because this probably helped them out of, or has helped them out of other ones we haven't found out about yet. So they, they apparently use T-Mobile's Atlas system. So they, they bought, first they bought credentials off the black market. They just went, I'd like some credentials for T-Mobile, please. There you go, £4.50 or whatever it cost them. Yeah. Uh, they use those to get in to access their Atlas system, which covers their customer management processes and allows them to, uh, sorry, would have allowed them to do SIM swaps. So basically redirecting all phone calls and text messages to a, a cloned SIM, I mean... um, which is great for two-factor authentication and getting that kind of bits and pieces because uh, there are so many systems out there that are still only offer two-factor authentication as an sms message it is absolutely chaotic isn't it i mean it is but again this is not a hack as in they you know uh, found a vulnerability in x they bypassed no. y they got in through this system this is classic social engineering and as you say black market slash dark web yeah uh right you know uh, what we've got to sell or here's a credential dump isn't it some from a previous breach um yeah here is, you know, like you say, so-and-so here. And then, as you say, they did a swim, uh, a SIM swap, which is brilliant because they, you know, they got on, they got into the, the system and then they used T-Mobile's own platform to uh, yeah. to gain access to the SIM cards, which is, you know, I suppose in a funny kind of way, is no different to <laughs> what the guys did with Okta, isn't it? And using their super well, yeah, account. It's, it's that point for authentication, isn't it? Yeah. So once you've got the SIMs, once you've done the SIM um, piece, yeah. you were... Uh, you know they can start doing bypassing MFA, can't they? And, and they've got them. access to the customer base, so they know exactly yeah. who's on T-Mobile. They can do a search and say, "Well, I'm after the CEO or whatever of some company. Oh yeah, he's a T-Mobile customer. Brilliant. Swap his SIM out. Go to his systems like Octa or whatever. Say I've forgotten my code. It sends you it to a text message. Great, I'm in. Absolutely nuts. And according to wasn't it Brian Krebs, who has been following this with yeah. quite some detail, and yeah, there's you know debatable about uh, some other things about his point. But he reckons that they also then attempted to access, wasn't it the FBI? The FBI and the Department of Defense. But then why not while you're in there? But the T-Mobile accounts, wasn't it, that that they had um, there as well? I mean, you've got to, hats off. (laughs) Yeah, they failed. They didn't didn't access. Apparently, there were extra lines of authentication. Hopefully not using a T-Mobile SIM. Uh, But I'm presuming there was extra requirements to access those accounts within the systems. And I suppose rightly so. I'd like to hope so, but uh, you know it wasn't that straightforward, you know. But I mean, well, yes. what just absolute? I just it's madness, isn't it? <laughs> it's madness. I mean, they, you know, they there was it. I think the statement T-Mobile put out wasn't it that um, we our monitoring tools detected a bad actor using stolen credentials to access internal systems use that house operational tools. Okay, it's interesting to see you know that they did pick that up. Uh, yep. You know, they're saying that they then close that down. They were able to, you know, re- remove that um, mm. the route that the actor was taking, and yep. you know, they 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 changed the credentials and passwords. But it does prove, doesn't it, that no matter how good your systems are, people find a way. People find a way, don't they? Um, uh, yeah, and especially for people who aren't security savvy. I remember watching something. I'm sure probably on the BBC. It was a, a an article. Um, no, sorry an actual program on the BBC where they were going out in town centres and saying, well, would you give me your password to this for, I don't know, a chocolate bar? £10, £20, £50, where's the limit? And some people were just giving away their passwords for chocolate bars. Now, obviously, (laughs) we can't tell that was a real password, but it was quite a blasé affair. Just a little bit. I mean, you know, but people will. People will give you anything, won't they? If you give them an option, I suppose. it's uh, 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 Yeah. Yeah. If you present So it's not that... it's. Can't be that difficult to get hold of certain service accounts. Not at all. But I don't think this is the end of the lapsus gang, is it? In the sense of no, uh, not hearing about them. Uh, you know, there was some mass arrests, and this we must stress that this T-Mobile um, breach uh, allegedly happened before that they were arrested, wasn't it? Before that, yeah, the seven uh, were arrested in London. Yeah. Uh, so this has come out as a kind of after event situation because I don't think we've ha- we haven't really heard anything. Not maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything recently to suggest that they've. Um, been up to anything? Yeah, they, you know, the um, public. Sure, I saw something after the seven were arrested. Oh, yeah, the so ones, more I mean, just the ones, and, yeah, yeah. Since okay, since that was the 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 uh, the alleged um, the British guy uh, that yeah. was alleged to be part of it. Yeah, there hasn't been much else on that front at all. But uh, yeah, 
crazy, crazy, crazy times. But uh, I don't know. But talking then, let's uh, let's move away from um, from from the lapses game for a minute and pop over to our see our friends at the EU Commission, who oh, are been busy. They have been busy. So they have been. You know, we've talked re- recently about the new digital legislation that they are bringing in, aren't they? Yep. Um, but there's another kind of string to that bow of, uh, I guess. Yeah. I want to say tool they're going to slap companies with, but I suppose you could argue musical instruments you could hit people with. So this is the violin <laughs> of doom. And another string on the violin of doom is the digital, what's the story? I've got it here. My Services digital, Act. Digital Services Act. That that's part of the Digital uh, Markets, Markets Act. Act. Yes, it. Yes, there are so, two of them. So yeah, let's start one, with the Services yeah. Act. Yeah, so this is the first one. And this is designed to... Um, enforce um keeping people safe online so it's about enforcing those rules for those big tech companies on how they should keep their users safe um and they're banning things like the manipulative sorry manipulative techniques like there's it dark patterns uh where they you know unwillingly lead people to click on content uh by the way they design the site so that doesn't uh, happen does it really no 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 all all those kind of little subject uh some conscious things they they play on to make you go where they want to on a website uh especially shopping and marketing websites pull the other one you lie you lie (laughs) i'm lying it's that by now i won't get the price i only did that this morning on amazon (laughs) Uh, and then we come back a week later isn't it and it's like what that's you know yeah, yeah. It's like something I've had on my wish list for ages has suddenly dropped in price by about uh, 25%. And I'm like, ooh, should I buy that? Nope, nope, step away. <laughs> Do I really need it? No, but it's so shiny. <laughs> so they're apparently going to ban that in, in this Digital Services Act. Um, they're going to ban the targeting of users uh, based on their religion, gender, or sexual preferences. Uh, rightly so, again. Uh, there's more stuff about protecting children. So um, and some of these are... Wow, I'm, I'm waiting to see this. So... Obviously, they're banning. Um, what was it? So, yes, this is the good one. That people, platforms like YouTube and TikTok will need to explain their terms of services and, and conditions in a way that a minor can understand. That I mean, I, I'm I waiting take, to see that one. <laughs> I take my hat off because I'll tell you now that is probably the hardest thing there, isn't it? It's like if you can do that, I will be impressed. You know, like you know, I mean, it might make it so the rest of us can understand it. Well, yeah, that's 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 what I think. Getting at was like, you know, because the T's and C's. Let's be honest, for most of us, are like, do you ever read it? Well, no, no you scroll because, to the bottom, click the yeah. box, say accept. Yeah, that was it. it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, uh, mm. definitely interesting to see if that's the case. Uh, you know, definitely. And there's one other one around minors. They're, they're banning the targeting of minors with advertising. That's again, uh, you know, impressive work, but uh, it's going to be hard to achieve. Surely. How do you tell they're a minor unless you've mined all their data? Ooh. Yes, yes. Is this coming? Is this eventually going full circle to this to this digital ID? Well, you have to prove who you are and your age. Something's coming, isn't it? They are. This is a road to. This is a road to another outcome, in my view. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. You know. I mean, so but there but there isn't there is there is some kind of not caveats or get out clauses, isn't there around? Um, There'll always uh, be one in here. The grace, because wasn't it? Was it said there was a grace period around? So the companies wasn't oh, depending on the platforms. size of the company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The medium ones, I think you get a couple of months. I'm sure something like that. It's not, it's so not that, immediately. The, the large ones of anything more than forty five million users, I believe, have to kind of instantly implement this. And obviously, these companies need to pay for this as well. So it's not oh, the government paying do. for this. They'll need. To, uh, and they were saying on a large company, this might cost them twenty to thirty million dollars uh, every year or euros. Sorry, this is. The yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Um, so yeah, so you know, millions of dollars a year to comply with a law that you know, if you then get a slap and you break it, that uh, you could get up to six percent of your global global turnover. Well, this That's is similar the to the GDPR, wasn't it? Which is ten percent, I think, wasn't it? Global turnover, ten percent. Um, but well, we've never seen one. With 10%, no, 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 because nobody's barely been anyone's it. been fined with it properly. You know, one of the biggest was BA, wasn't it? And that was kind of more from the from the UK yeah. government as opposed to a full GDPR breach. Um, but uh, you know, look, part of this is great. Part of this is fantastic to um, simplify. You know, complex end user license agreements. You know, terms of yeah. services. Fantastic. You know, the the targeting of advertising of kids. You know, the intent is Definitely. great. You know, reality, no. 
this is again more government restriction, isn't it? Realistically, it is, and I still wonder. Once this is in place, who are they going to make an example out of? They have to make an example at some point out of someone for it to have teeth. Otherwise, as you mentioned, it's just rubbish and never going to happen. If they're going to make an example out of someone, it's going to be Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is. And I think Facebook are probably the target here, but they also, this is a slap against uh, Google, I think, as well, isn't it? Especially for the YouTube. Yeah. Apple maybe isn't going to be a problem here, so I don't think. No, um, no, I don't for a think change, so. You know, um, mm. I think likely more from the EULA, the T's and C's potentially, but this is more, this is content, isn't it? This is... Um, yeah, this is your social media. Yeah, agreed. agreed. And marketing, agreed. advertising kind of stuff, which Apple yeah. doesn't do. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't well, it know. does advertising, well, but they're not an advertising company. <laughs> as no, such. they're not doing, exactly. They're not doing the same as, say, as you say, Meta or um, or Google, whose whole revenue stream is based off uh, the advertising that they get and the data that they're flogging left, right and centre and mining like with some kind of, I don't know, coal, <laughs> coal stream. <sighs> like, yeah. <laughs> Know. So yeah, as you mentioned, that one doesn't really affect Apple, but Apple are having a bad week. Yeah, the the next three stories, uh, yeah, uh, all to do with the EU really, and obviously Japan, we've got one in there, but they're all very much going to have mm, a bad effect for Apple. So the first one is obviously the EU, and this is a continuation of these Digital Markets Act, Digital Services Act. And we've seen this one before. So the EU are again pushing for, for a a single charging interface, aren't they? Um, in this yeah. case, USB-C as a, a standard for all things like your, your smartphones, your tablets, your headphones, uh, anything that can be charged uh, and that a USB-C connection will fit on. So, I mean, if you've got things like watches and fitness trackers where a USB-C connection won't fit in, then this doesn't apply to you. Uh, but yeah, they want this new standard to be USB-C. Uh, and the idea being that we've got rid of the chargers in the box. Now we'd like to get rid of the cables because if everything is USB-C, you'll have a USB-C cable floating around you can use. And do you know what? I, I was really against this to start because I was like, why can't, you know, the simplistic view, I suppose, but why cannot a company design a connector that's proprietary to them and use it? You know, why, why should you not be able to use something you've designed um, for whatever technological reason that hmm. might be for better efficiency with power, whatever it is, you know, is there a technology? I understand well, definitely, but when it comes to Apple, is there a technical reason other than money? Why no, lightning is it's the a proprietary piece, yeah. isn't it? To, but I have to say, right, you know, going back on the road again, looking in my bag of tricks, oh, yeah. you know, actually, wouldn't it be great just to have a bunch of USB-C cables that could plug into anything? Yeah, on one charger. I've, what we were looking at the other day, we were looking at, was that that Anchor? Oh, yeah, that uh, Anchor. It was a gallium nitride or... Yeah. yeah, whatever it Enough was. Enough to charge, so. well, for you, your Mac, your, your phone and your iPad all at once. Yeah. Exactly. The one charger, Absolutely. a couple of USB-C cables, or even one, because you might not charge them all at once, and just no. a lot lighter, isn't it? It's fantastic. Take? You know, I mean, I tend to travel, I've got in my bag, I've got my MacBook charger, um, which I carry because of the, obviously, the power app of it. Yeah. And then I've got a USB um, wall adapter that's got three USB soft ports at the bottom of it. Yeah, um, yeah. So typically then when I go to a hotel, I plug that in at the bedside, you know, um, and I have yep. like three cables coming out of it. One is a USB to lightning. One is USB-C uh, A to, sorry, one, yeah, A to C, you know, and then the yep. other one is... Um, it's for your watch, uh, is it? The puck? It's my watch. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. USB to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're not expecting USB-C on a watch because it's not really going to work. So you're still going to have that that puck. But, aren't you? You know, or it, but you if know. it meant that I just could pick up USB-C cables, not thinking, oh, crap, have I got a lightning cable with me? Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's that. But I don't know. Just will, uh, will they push this through? I think they will. Because part of that legislation before around removing the chargers, you know, from all of the um, yeah. the things that was in line, wasn't it, to, to a degree around the standardization, wasn't it, around Apple trying to comply yeah. um, in reducing electronic waste. And also, do you remember when they were trying to push it through a couple of years ago, Apple got around that, didn't they, by removing the chargers and just having the cables and then saying, well, you know, you yeah. use existing chargers, theoretically, uh, as long as exactly. it's an Apple chart. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we've put a USB-C on one end of your lightning cable. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I found really, by the way, handy when I was in the office the other day. And I was like, oh, I need to charge my phone. And of course, with a Mac, I was like, oh, there's no standard 
USB-A ports, is there? No. So I was like, not. oh, in my bag, I realized I had a USB for my, it was char- I think it was the cable from charging my AirPods. So it has USB-C on one end and light ah, on the other. Okay. And I was like, oh, perfect. So I plugged that straight to my mm-hmm. Mac. You know, it was nice. But if that had been USB-C on the other end, I could have then unplugged my uh, phone, plugged in my yep. headphones, you know, any of those things, couldn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one cable to rule them all. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, you know, so this has come out. So the new rules have basically come around packaging as well, uh, labeling on those devices. They have to put a label on there or state if there's a cable included, isn't it? Um, yeah. So if not, but, you know, come back to that Apple piece. And it's not just Apple because Samsung laughed, didn't they? And then did exactly the same in not oh, bundling of course the charges. Did, yeah. You know, I'm all for that. We don't need the charges from it because if it's standardized charging, Theoretically, yep. we could have gone and bought, as you say, that Anchor one and had a great charging experience, couldn't we? Yeah, rather um, than half a dozen mediocre ones, bare minimum, because Apple always stuck the bare minimum of USB charging uh, adapters, didn't they, in, in the boxes. Just spend the money on one or two decent quality ones that are going to give you a lot faster charging, a little bit more robust, they have multiple ports, and be done with it. Yeah, I well up for that. Well up for that. It's, it's not um, the first time we've seen this, though, is it? This is their no. second stab. We had, what was it, micro USB was going to be the standard, which kind of yeah. was on Android. It moved to it on Android. But, um, yeah, Apple just went, no, we'll bring out Lightning instead. There is, yeah, I think you're right. To, to kind of look at it from both sides of the fence, you kind of got to just think, seriously, you know, there's like an eye roll, isn't there, of like, okay, yeah, we've been here before. Um and, you know, they do push. I, I think USB-C perhaps is a better proposition than USB micro, the micro USB was. Given oh, that the micro USB was terribly bad. It just always broke. Also, there was, there was micro, yeah, micro USB. There was mini, mini USB. USB. Oh, mini oh, was the worst God. one, wasn't it? Mini USB was just terrible. Micro wasn't much better. No. Uh, but I think in the Android world, no, it's pretty standard. USB-C on pretty much everything new. And, I mean, Apple, Apple have contributed quite heavily to the USB-C um, standardization, haven't they? Uh, so it's not you. like it's not like they're trying to get away from USB C. They have USB C yeah. on everything else. Yeah, that's just the thing. The this is this is the bit that makes you oh, laugh. Oh, the low end it? iPad that still has lightning, doesn't it? Yeah, this is the bit that chuff makes a chuckle, though, isn't it? You're right. Is it Apple are not kind of ignoring this? They are standardising across the board. It's just the phone and, like you said, that one iPad. It's almost like it's a holdout, isn't it? It's like, well, you know, yeah. you're gonna change it. You know, <laughs> you ain't gonna change yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. You know, like, um, and there was one other weird bit in there that they also want to standardise on a wireless charging specification. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, thought we were quite there with Qi. Wasn't was that pretty much say, the standard? Yeah, we we've kind of gone de facto on that, haven't we? Yeah. That as you say, there was a couple of. St- I can't remember what the other one was called before now. But no, it's yeah, gone. Yeah, a couple of standards there. Qi has become the one that everybody seems to roll out and push out. Uh, it's the best approach. Um, to in it i quite like it it's not the fastest but that depends on your charger and the induction coils doesn't it um, yeah it does yeah but you know it does what it says i i charge my phone at night using a cheat charge because i find that's more efficient um you know yeah my phone does that but then uh, my wife still uses the girl fashion cable because so I, mean, I, <laughs> I bought a wireless one but she just never manages to line it properly now we don't uh, have magsafe chargers we've got traditional pad you just stick the phone on top of it but yeah, waking like up in the morning with like two percent battery left, you're like just easy with a cable. So I, I I use exactly like you say the pad uh, one. You need to pop it on. Uh, my biggest annoyance though is this in the night. You know if you knock it, um, it lights you know, up. You, yeah, you kind of roll over and you knock the pillow or something. You know it bashes against it. Yeah. Uh, or uh, I don't know. You didn't quite align it because you'd had a couple of too many of the old uh, fermented uh, fermented fruit <laughs> juice or uh, or hops. Um, <laughs> And of course, you haven't quite got, like I say, woken up. Though I have to be honest, though, it's not as bad as what I did on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whatever it was, when I was uh, out for some work drinks, you know, socializing yep. for work. Got back to the hotel a bit later than I anticipated, plugged everything in, crashed out, you know, set the alarm for the morning, mm. woke up. I'm like, why is nothing charged? Did and you then realized. Suck it on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Darn it. Yep. Yeah. Well, yep. That's it. Yeah. Point made. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, okay. Um, oh, on to the next story. And this is the big one for me. Uh, what do you got? What do you got? Oh, so in the, in the, in that Digital Markets Act, the big one, this is going to sting. They're basically, uh, they are recognizing web browser engines as being separate from web browsers with the aim to uh, that they should be protected from anti-competitive gatekeeper-imposed limitations. So this is squarely aimed at Apple without saying Apple. 
Because if you yes. know, if you want to run a browser other than Safari on an iOS platform, it has to use the Safari uh, or the WebKit browser engine. So even if you've got Chrome or Firefox or any of the other browsers, they're still all Safari under the hood. So this is aimed at allowing you to use a different browser engine. So a Chrome, or I'm about to say Edge, but Edge is Chrome anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what other choice do you have? You have, you basically have Chrome, or you have Firefox and two other engines there. But I, I have to say, I kind of was. I think that's when I, you know, took at the notes, and I kind of don't, you know, I, I, it dawned on me that yeah, I hadn't realised, of course, or forgotten. I probably more to the point. But she said that effectively every browser is the same, isn't it? It's just it's Safari with a different skin on top. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and actually, when you stop and stop and think about it, you wonder why the capability is exactly the same, then, isn't it? Um, it's you know, to a degree. Yeah. Um, they all add add-ins and nice, like some put ad blocking built in and password manage a different password managers built yeah, into yeah, it, and other yeah, things yeah. like that. But yeah, the actual core experience, the rendering, is all Safari. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I can see why they they want to do this, can't they? To a point. Yeah. Um, what impact do you think it'll have though across you know across services well i don't know i mean it would be nice to have a different brow- actual browser browser because uh, i mean there are complaints that webkit is holding back um the experience because obviously it's yeah. very mobile focused and just has this and it doesn't keep up necessarily with the latest technologies so is that um yeah it'd be nice to have some competition i think it would be <clears throat> i think it'd be good to see what um, what that could be, what could be done here if if, if they're allowed to use the other browser engines? Yeah. Isn't it? Um, I guess now, there is um, argument. It's such a fundamental piece. I'm guess I'm guessing the the web browsing engine will only be for that app. It's not going to replace the web view within iOS as a whole, and that will still be based on WebKit, I imagine. But yeah, there is argument about security here. Um, a browser is a pretty fundamental part of, of a mobile device, and is used an awful lot. So, yeah, is that going to introduce more security issues? I wonder, and that that's that was my that is my thing. There is is the the complete kind of lock into WebKit across the iOS um, uh, ecosystem, isn't it? And yeah, are uh, to unplug that and to allow another browser engine to interact there, as you say, what vulnerabilities could that in in you know uh, done it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I. <laughs> I, I saw one of the statements there, wasn't there, from um, who was, uh, was it a, part, a guy who works for Microsoft? Uh, okay. Russell was the guy's name. Who said that he said his quote was, the potential for capable web has all been extinguished on mobile because Apple has successfully prevented it. Um, app businesses and services will be able to avoid building apps entirely when users have paid browsers. But I don't get that. I, 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 more people <sighs> consume web content on mobile devices than anything else. I think he's talking about the technologies you can use to present that. You, you basically well, have well, to yeah, yeah. you have to code to the lowest denominator. And if Safari or WebKit is the lowest denominator, you're holding everyone else back. Are you going to go to the effort of building two two different apps to support someone on Safari versus someone using a Chrome rendering engine? If it's that much of a difference. True. Okay. Perhaps. Yeah. Look. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm being devil's advocate. Just you know. But to say it, mm. and I guess you know when it's coming from Microsoft, the talk of web standards is quite. You know, it's some <laughs> hypocrisy there, isn't it? They're um, all okay now. They're just using someone else's engine. <laughs> well, I was just, yeah, that's a valid point. Basically, if anybody gets a slap, it's no longer Microsoft. It's Chrome, isn't it? For Chromium, yeah. um, the Chromium uh, engine. Open source. Yeah. Um, it's a very smooth, a very smart and smooth uh, approach. But yeah, I, look. <laughs> I think you're right. There needs to be more open access here, not at the detriment to security, in my view, uh, given where we are. Um, yeah. But Apple haven't got a long web. They haven't got a long uh, window on this, have they? They've got to do it in the next couple of years, though, haven't they? With this, with the, yeah. the act, along with the other bits they brought up. The act also brings in. Um, what we got. Uh, so yeah, there's also the payment services or technical services that support the provision of payment services, such as payment systems for in-app purchases. They're also saying that there needs to be choice in that as well. This is coming back to this, you know, third-party app stores and payment providers, and even access to the NFC chip to do a competitive to Apple Pay. 
I do, oh, I have to say, talking the NFC chip on a completely related point there. So whilst I was in Dublin the week, um, I was buying some coffees in the sort of like coffee shop, oh, yeah. you know, that was close to the office. And I pay with Apple Pay, you know, as you do. And then one of my guys pulled out his phone and tapped this little like puck thing next to it. I was like, what? And it was a, you know, like the stamps you get for your coffee. Yeah. But it was using Apple NFC to allow. Oh, nice. So a virtual stamp card, you just tap it yeah. and... And it shows up in, and it shows up in the wallet app and everything. I think it was called Squid. Okay, cool. I'd never seen it in the UK. I'm not suggesting it doesn't, um, uh, you know, uh, exist. But what I mean is, I'd not seen this, and it was yeah, Squid loyalty was the thing. Um, and it's oh. uh, and and it's like and it's like a little pup, you know. And it's basically you tap on it, sign it, and it works. Um, but yeah, and that but the reason I mentioned that is because don't forget when Apple brought NFC to the iPhone, didn't they? Yeah. It, there was no third party availability or access to that. Wasn't no, it? it couldn't be. Done. No, there was not at the start. There is now, no. but obviously not for the payment processing part. No, but you no, can no. use it for others. Because I mean, I've got a load of NFC tags that I'm still keeping me to play around with. Uh, but yeah, that allows you just to tap a, a puck or a NFC token and uh, trigger something on the phone or in an app if you're a developer. I, yep, I mean, again, and I've got uh, got our uh, air tag in my bag there, you know, because you know you cannot yep. go anywhere without your air tag. Um, so yeah, no, no, very, very, very good, uh, uh, very good idea. I couldn't get the word out then. I was about to say project. Mm. Um, no, I think it's a good idea, but again, like a lot of these re- uh, regulations, it just they need to ensure that it is uh, for the right reasons, isn't it, and not just to legislate. Um, you know, and and I think the web piece is is key, and you know, and the fact, as I said, you know, regardless of lowest common denominator or not, mobile is still the biggest uh, entry point for yes. web content, isn't it? So definitely, that, as long as that experience doesn't get damaged, and um, you know, as you say, developers can bring features and capabilities beyond what we have today in the Safari WebKit, then yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Definitely, definitely. But so, I'm guessing, uh, you know, Apple will, by the way, will, this won't happen in a couple of years' time. Apple will no. drag this out before it's basically yeah, inevitable definitely. that they, they can't avoid it, yeah? We'll get it when we get USB-C on an iPhone. Uh, fair play, fair play. <laughs> so, uh, fl- going far away from the EU, uh, over to Japan. So, the Japanese uh, have released an antitrust report, their government, haven't they? Um, yeah, haven't they just... <laughs> Haven't they just? So, uh, and it's a similar kind of thing. We're basically hearing uh, calls for multiple app stores on each platform. So, I mean, we can't argue Google's already there. You can you can put another app store in, uh, but obviously not on iOS. Uh, but it's also suggesting the pre-installation of app on Google's own web browser on smartphones means that competitors uh, are at a disadvantage. So that's very reminiscent of uh, Microsoft bundling yeah. um, Internet Explorer, yeah. isn't it, with Windows? So they're saying that I suppose at boot up time, do you get the choice of which browser you'd like? Oh, don't! I, I just uh, this just fills me with fear, isn't it? Because you're going to get a phone call from your family, your mum, and your dad, and, aren't you? And, yeah, <laughs> and you, you give people a choice, though, right? And I know this is going to sound so I get shot for saying this, right? But and it's the weekly tech rant, so here's my rant: people don't know what they want. <laughs> no, know? they don't, and they always make the wrong choice, and you have to sort it out. You know, <laughs> being their local uh, technical person. And I'm not. I know what we've just talked about around experience, everything, right? But if Safari say work, if you want news Chrome, you'll download Chrome. You won't care that Safari is there, will you? Um, if you're on a, if you're on a, a, a an Android device and you like to use Edge, you're not going to care that Chrome's already installed. You'll pull down whatever browser you want, Firefox, yeah. uh, DuckDuckGo. I don't know what it is you want to use today. But my yeah. point being is, if you use a particular browser, you will go and get it. Agreed? Agreed. Yeah, I'm all for choice. But I think there's something to say, look, if you want choice, you have the choice to go to Android and get your choice. <laughs> if, you, if, if, if you want something more locked down than works most of the time, you can choose to use iOS. <laughs> I like that. If you want a choice, go to Android. <laughs> well, yeah, but everyone, if you've just taken any time to look at the way Apple and Google run things, it's very obvious, even, even to the general public, that Apple run a, not a tight ship, but a more controlled wall garden approach. This isn't news to anyone. Uh, and, you, and you're paying a premium for that one. So if you actually want more choice, save your money and go with Android. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, very, very. They're equally yeah. shiny phones on Android at reasonable uh, pricing. Uh, well, even I was just going to say, even and expensive pricing. Expensive. I was like, you know, so there's looking all at you, sorts I'm, of pricing. I'm looking at you, Samsung. You know, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, exactly. But I mean, there is choice on Apple. Yeah, at the end of the day, you can run any browser that's available in the App Store. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and they all look very different. <laughs> <laughs> they just run slightly, <laughs> just run the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, what it's what's the word, isn't it? Um, if it looks like a duck, it it sounds like a duck, and what is it? it it's like a duck. A duck. <laughs> it's a duck. You know. Um. Yeah, fair point, fair point. But yeah, I, you know what? This isn't surprising. They're coming from the Japanese. You know, as we said before around the App Store piece. Uh, from South Korea when that started with the payment systems, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't going to be long before other markets started to look at and introduce legislation to regulate uh, consumer choice, isn't it? And around the dominance of these particular platforms. So Exactly. I think with the... Go on. Yeah, with the European market and now Japan and other Asia, Asian countries, there's going to be big enough um, a market now that's going to force Apple and Google's hand. Yeah, yeah. I think the only really big one we're left with is America, isn't there? Which I think will be a whole will hold off for a while. I think. I think but I think they'll get it by default because Apple aren't going to run two versions of the US, are they? No, no. Also, they I, might. No, they no. might have triggers saying if you're in the US, only give one app store. If you're somewhere ah. else, give multiple app stores. Maybe. And I wouldn't put it past them. No, I was just going to say you're right. I don't think Apple because unless it's mandated from a legislation point, Apple aren't going to worry about it there. It like you say, it'll happen by osmosis because you know they might not yeah. want to do anything different. Um, or or it might be a case, as you say, it might be a point of, uh, well, actually, yeah, you know, your phone is here, so you just get default. But if you're in, <sighs> I know, Japan, going back here's... to region lock content, aren't we? <laughs> yep, yeah, funny, isn't it? We keep the you know, well, region world... lock features in this case. The world goes round, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like a lot of these things, we'll keep a close eye on the DF, the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Services Act as well um, yep. and, and see what obviously Apple's response to those is in the coming times. Right then, let's move away from a bit of legislation for a bit before we talk about Twitter to uh, <sighs> my favourite subject, which quite frankly is oh. not my favourite subject. It is NFTs. Oh my God, yes. what is wrong with you people? Why those do you want to... <laughs> pesky NFTs. Um, well, well, uh, there's another lesson to be learned here. Um well, it seems that a thief has stolen, what, one million plus of Bored Ape Yacht Club NFTs. Oh, uh, allegedly, they are the in thing. They go for an absolute fortune. Uh, they go for six figures apiece easily. <laughs> they, they, and they're just... They're... I know art is subjective, but, but they're just <laughs> different variations of the same ape wearing different hats with different facial expressions. And Are they... I can't recall. Are these ones auto-generated? Are they... Are they I think or, they or are. All right. They may or may not. A lot of them are, but uh, maybe we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and they're all painstakingly hand-painted. But um, still, it's a lot of money for a picture of a cartoon ape. But anyway, this, this, this was not some sophisticated blockchain-type hack. Just good old-fashioned phishing, wasn't it? Uh, so yeah. apparently they managed to compromise the official Instagram account of the Bored Ape Yacht Club. Now, it doesn't go into details how they did that. So whether um, it was lax password security, maybe they bought access off the black market. I mean, I, who knows? But they managed access to the Instagram account. Um, they then put out a post uh, for a, what do they call it? Um, an airdrop. So basically, that's it, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah, a land drop yeah. or an airdrop. So basically, airdrop, saying there's airdrop. a whole new batch of these board eight yacht club NFTs coming up, brand new ones for sale. Or, but if you linked your MetaMask wallet now by clicking this link, we'll give you a free NFT. And bearing in mind these go for six figures each, quite a few people fell for that, didn't they? That scam linked their wallet, and shortly after, their wallet was drained uh, of all their NFTs. <sighs> I mean, your point being is art is subjective, and I agree yes. with that. Um, and I get, you know, you you might want to buy something amazing. You might want to have, you know, the best piece of art that you could have, you know. But is it tangible? Can you hang it on your wall? Is it a sculptured? Can you see it? Is it, you know, attached to something? Is it? Uh, no, it's not. It is ones whoa, and zeros. Whoa, 
you know. Let me let me sell you an NFT display for displaying your NFTs on the wall. So what is that like? A electronic? It's like, a monitor, basically, with yeah, a pie in yeah, the back. Exactly, but um, yeah, I will I sell you it for not quite six figures, maybe a bit less. I don't. I I I can't. I can't wrap my head around this. I can't. I can't. But this isn't new. So NFTs no. are not new because when you think about it, right? Wasn't there? Um, what was that one before? Uh, there was um, something kitties, wasn't there? Do you remember them? Um, oh, could be. It was. They were, were they blocked? They... Were they backed by the blockchain? Crypto, crypto kitties. Yeah, crypto. Kitties. Crypto kitties. Oh, okay. They were, so, were they? So crypto kitties came out ages and ages ago. Um, they were NFTs before NFTs were NFTs, if that makes sense. So they were launched in 2017. I remember this because I I logged in. I'm seeing it right, and they were. It's a blockchain game. It was based on um, Ethereum. Okay. And basically, you bred cats. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Again, so you could then you you could buy you you had to have it, you a cat. You bought it with Ethereum. You could then mate it with another cat. You know. Yeah. And yep. then um, you can generate a new cat, which had which attributes. You could then sell on. But yeah, which had attributes to the other cats. You see that, yeah? Ah, um, uh, pyramid scheme. You know, uh, and some are worth more. So if it, one's got, I don't know, let's say spots are like a really bad yep, yep. And so your cat's got gold spots and a stripe and you breed it with one that's got, I don't know, zebra stripes because they're super expensive. So they've got a spotty zebra cat. You know, it's worth a small fortune. Uh, you know, people are, and some of them were going for like up to like $100,000, right? But never was the word NFT. NFT was no. never... Ever, this is marketing. Ever mentioned, right? Non-fungible but they, tokens. But they were NFT. They yeah, by the sound of it, there could only be one of that. Yeah, but that's um, not even technically true of NFTs because you can you can copy you can set it. the quantity. Well, no, but, but even the the blockchain backed part of it, you can specify how many copies are allowed in existence in an NFT. Yeah, but so I am going to allow ten, and then every time that's resold, you can also specify how much percentage cut you get once that's resold. Okay, but what gets me here is, um, is when <laughs> wasn't there people on Twitter? I saw people go who were had NFT as their uh, like uh, what's the word uh, profile picture. Oh, it was a Twitter, yeah, yeah, Twitter and picture. Somebody yeah, somebody did picture. a screenshot, copied it, and they were like, "You can't do that. That's mine. You have a cease and desist. Stop it now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it." And they're like, <laughs> "What are you going to do? Sue me?" And then everybody else in the chat. Uh, you know that thread. Oh, change that picture, yeah. Oh, change that picture. Doing it like, yeah, we can do about it, you know. Um, and I think yeah. that's the problem, isn't it? You, you, it's, it's just, it's a very weak argument in my view. Very weak argument. Um, I don't know. I mean, technically, you are the owner of the original or owners if there are multiple. But and I suppose like artwork, you, there's the original Mona Lisa, and then there's the the reprints, and then there's the knockoffs. Uh, and is it any different to that? Yes, you can't physically hold it, but when it comes to ownership, I suppose it's no different as such. You can you've got to print a copy of it on your wall, haven't you? You know, well, you can do, yeah. Just like, yeah, you wouldn't really put the Mona Lisa in your living room. You'd put a copy of it. You have the real one hidden away somewhere safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I'm kind of with you on this. I really am. It is. I, I'm split on this one. I, I can see. I, I can see the idea behind it, but as everything, I think it's just been abused and got way out of hand as anything crypto has. Yeah, of course it has. Of course it. Of course it has. Because so those ones that they managed to track down the wallet, obviously they don't know where the funds have gone anyway. And the, the ones that were stolen ranged from one hundred thirty-eight thousand was the cheapest one to three hundred fifty-four thousand was the most expensive one that was stolen. Yeah, it's just, it's, you, it is just ludicrous, isn't it? Absolutely. So that 100 million plus, I think, is on the very low side. I've heard rumours it's up to three or four million, really. It is nuts, isn't it? Absolutely nuts. It I, is, um, it is. I I just don't get it. I just no. don't get it. <laughs> no. I mean, you, you just... <laughs> you seem to know an awful lot about the crypto kitties, though. Did you buy some? Uh, yeah, no, I did. So when, back when Ethereum was... So back in 2017, Ethereum was... Um, Dirt cheap, wasn't it? There was no value. Oh yeah, well, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like Bitcoin. You know, so like hundreds think, of those I, when we first I, came out. I think, <laughs> I think obviously, you know, they were still. It's wrong to say they had no value. That's wrong. But they were, you know, I think I put like a tenner's worth down or something. I had to go. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what my crypto kitty account is, but anyway, you'd be you know, a billionaire, Jay. <laughs> I somehow doubt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, uh, I think that was no. I logged in, but I could never afford to buy the cats. That was it because they were stupidly expensive. So I just basically had some, you know, Ethereum knocking around in the account. Um, but uh, yeah, 
anyway, but that, yes, that is uh, that is what it says. That is uh, exactly you know the, the NFT piece, isn't it? Um, yeah. So very very peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> right, right then. I think we so should then, move on from that. <laughs> moving on, and uh, you know, uh, time is a ticking. So let us wrap this up in a bit. Then, so you must be living under a rock, or potentially you've been living on Mars, maybe. Uh, if you haven't heard the news that Elon Musk has finally sealed the deal to buy Twitter, or has he? Well, kind uh, of. It's been a rocky. It's been a crazy week, hasn't it? It has indeed. So going back now, what two weeks ago? Was it? I think it's that, yeah, it? yeah. Was it two weeks ago? Uh, yep. Musk came out said that he was going to buy Twitter. He offered forty-four million billion, excuse me. Uh, final share, offer. Final offer. That was it. Final offer. Fifty-four dollars a share. Um, you know, it, which was a uh, high compared to the the January price, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and well, Twitter went nuts. Twitter, Twitter kind of went. Yeah, Twitter themselves were kind of adamantly weren't selling to Musk, weren't they? No, because he 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 basically before that, hadn't he? He bought nearly ten percent of the company as we talked he about, had, yeah. which kind of put him in a position that he was the largest shareholder. Though interesting, what happened after that announcement wasn't it that um, the board initiated what they called a poison pill provision, didn't they? They did, didn't they? Yeah. Which is quite an interesting. Well, I yeah, quite an interesting. Um, approach isn't it to kind of stop a hostile takeover where they gave existing shareholders the ability to buy stock at a discount a bit like i suppose an employee purchase mm. wasn't it yeah um, so one of their shareholders increased their holding to over 10 percent, which was more than uh, musk's so yes. therefore stopping him from being able to enact um uh yeah enact that 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 takeover bid but Things changed, didn't they? Things moved very rapidly, didn't they? They did. I mean, they, they must then what he announced that he, uh, well, he announced that he'd filed with the SEC his plan uh, around financing to buy it. Uh, looking at he was going to fund twenty one billion himself. Uh, he then get a loan of twelve point five billion against the shares or his shares in Tesla, along with another thirteen billion in financing from from the same banks. So he was showing that you know the, the SEC, the world, Twitter, that he had the money sitting there ready to go. And at that point, uh, yeah, it was reported that uh, Twitter were actually re-examining the deal. Now that they, I suppose they know the money was actually there. Yeah, and I think it also, it you know, it did put them into a very, very mm. um, yep. tricky position. Situation, you know, because if they didn't sell to Musk, who are they going to sell to? Because then it kind of it kind of put the for sale sign up, didn't it, in the front garden? Like, yeah, yeah, he know, forced their hand. There was nothing they could do at that point. They had to, they had to take. Um, had to take to something um but there's a, you know since that's happened you know he's the, he's they've accepted the bid haven't they they've gone forward with it apparently they so. have yeah we haven't seen that uh uh you know that there's kind of like it's done deal and there's like announcements from both sides yet is there but no but the filing for it on the sec was made some interest didn't it around um how he was going to pay for it because he was was it 21 billion out of his back pocket you know yep. like you yep. and i both have got you know uh, and then twenty five billion in loans, which apparently twelve point five of that billion twenty sorry out of the twenty five billion loan, half of that was pegged against his Tesla stock. Yeah, so the market didn't react well to that, did they? Um, they they were worried that um, well, basically, to he was going to also have to sell a load of his Tesla stock to get his twenty one billion part of the personal purchase, didn't they? Yeah. Which tanked the Tesla stock <laughs> price. Tank's probably the wrong word, but it dropped in value by quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> more than a bit, wasn't it? I mean, um, it was. And and actually, as we heard this morning, he actually has sold 4.4 million of his shares in Tesla. Which may have actually contributed to that plunge a bit, wasn't it? Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. So he might not actually be able to buy um, <laughs> Twitter. He might not be able to have the money because it's all it's all riding on the share price of Tesla. It is, and so 125 billion wiped off shares of share price. Twitter also did not meet it is its um, expected um, quarterly uh, forecast, did it? Um, so that does that also, just make them cheaper though? Well, yeah, but I think it shows business, doesn't it? it shows business demand and. Um, I don't know, but that also hit. The reality is, is could this go ahead? I, I start to have doubts, you know. Definitely start to have well, doubts. Um, whoever pulls out is going to cost them a pretty penny. 
Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because there's a billion dollar break clause, isn't there, from JP Morgan? From either was side. It, was it JP Morgan? Who was his bank? I think oh, it was, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't got written down who it was. I think it was, I'm, I might be wrong. Or it might be, anyway, but there's a billion dollar break clause put into the loan, isn't there, from both sides? Yeah. Um, basically, it means that either whoever pulls out is going to. It's gonna hurt, basically. Uh, it's to use, bill sorry, for a billion pound landing on the doorstep, yeah. Yeah. But if he, if let's let's just say hypothetically, Musk said, uh-uh, "No thanks." The increase, potential increase in Tesla stock regaining on confidence because the the deals are going ahead could give him a net increase. I think I read yesterday a uh, potential increase of forty billion dollar back in his back pocket. So, which could then obviously offset a billion dollar, you know loan uh servicing charge yeah. or whatever so yeah relatively you know those kind of numbers you know you and i are kind of like eyes wide don't get it a billion but, pound bill but yeah it's nothing really i guess if you're getting 40 billion back and you're losing a billion you know it's it's like isn't it it's, it's like if i was to give you 50 you know you owe me a pound but by doing that i'm going to give you 50 back you know you're not going to be worried are you <laughs> no no exactly exactly um i'm what do you think? Do it's you think, crazy do you, numbers. Do you think crazy. It's going to go ahead. Do you think it's going to go ahead? Um, I, I, I'm veering on no. I, I'm. I, it worries me because, you know, I'm all for free speech and Twitter should be that. But he's kind of come out with a few other things, hasn't he, as well, to say his brand of free speech means that the left and the right should be equally. I won't use the phrasing he used, but should basically the left and the right should be equally upset, shouldn't they? Um, yeah. In that. Uh, Trump said he wouldn't be rejoining Twitter if, if given the choice, and so, would be start to use uh, True Social very shortly, wouldn't he? Within well, he's got to. That's where his money is, so he has to say that. But uh, when that fails, I'm sure we'll be back on Twitter. Um, what was the other one that I saw as well? Loads of people were like, it made me chuckle because all these people you saw on Twitter. I'm leaving. I'm going to go. This is terrible. You're like, really? Are you really going to go? Gen- genuinely? No, you're not. Because the, all where these are you going to go to? And all these changes that, tr- that he says he's going to implement. The reality is. They probably won't happen, will they? No. You know? The only no, thing no. that kind of upset me a bit personally was how he then attacked, wasn't it, one of Twitter's senior lawyers? Um, yeah. Who he put into a meme, didn't he? And then she was then trolled and, and you know, absolutely yeah. disgusting by uh, many people. And he's got, he, he's got a habit of this. He, he has, got... yeah. If he's not getting his own way or doesn't like saying, he's well. Uh, it's yeah. the Trump style, isn't it? It's the Trump. I don't like today's news, so I'll, 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 uh, I'll drop a, I'll drop a large um, something, you know, on Twitter, yeah. and we'll deflect it. Um, I mean, yeah. Because... I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear he mocked Bill Gates as well for shorting Tesla's stock. Yeah, but that's come out. There's more to but, that, isn't there? Yeah, way well, more. Bill's to that. done all right because Bill was right, <laughs> and I've not heard anything since then. <laughs> yeah. I just, I it has, but there's videos have come out where it turns out Bill had probably been shorting it, but nothing illegal to that point, was it? It was all a above no. board. It was, but it was just, I guess, unethical, I suppose, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, if you go back, I mean, Musk. Do you remember two years ago, Musk was in court on defamation attack? Do you remember those young lads that were trapped in that cave in the Philippines? Oh uh, yes, Thailand. Yes, Sorry, Thailand. It, yeah. Philippines, Thailand. And one of the British divers there uh, was—he was accused of being. Um, I apologize, a paedophile, wasn't it? That was a. He was, yeah. But accused, not guilty of. No, no, no. That's what I'm just saying. He, I, I, but it, that wasn't yeah. the phrase that uh, Elon Musk used. No. He called him something no. else. Um, and there was a defamation case for that, um, which you know, uh, it, the the gentleman in question. Um, was you know was 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 innocent in that fact of being that yeah. was a slur on his name there was nothing to substantiate yeah. such such claims whatsoever um but the defamation case musk won it because it turned out the the turn of phrase that he said against the guy apparently was a common a common um retort uh, in south africa where he grew up I mean, it's like, wow, you know, I guess though money, though, mm. if you've got a legal team where you can afford anybody in the planet, I suppose you're going to win, aren't you? Hmm, that's a slippery slope, that one. Yeah. Especially when you're on an international stage. Very much so. Very mm. much so. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, uh, yeah, about the, uh, the, short, uh, the shorting of the stock. 
He's currently up with the SEC about insider trading, isn't he? Or him and his brother. Well, him and his brother. <laughs> along with many other things along those. But uh, about, yeah, the other week, didn't we? We talked about the um, the court case that's pending, isn't it? All the all the uh, yeah yeah dis- discipline. There's something about rocks and glass houses, isn't there? Uh, yeah, yeah, he li- he doesn't don't no he doesn't own a house. What are you about? Oh, no, 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 he does not. You're right. <laughs> anyway, let's right. move on then. So, uh, moving away from Twitter, let's let me uh, call up the. Uh, hang on a minute. Right then, Carl. Better dust off your rumor mill and tell us what we've got this week then. Well, just a couple of small ones, really. So we we've got uh, Quo. He's been busy. Now he's on Twitter. Uh, what happened? It <laughs> totally goes. Man. He's a busy. I mean, he's all the time now. He's just constant. Uh, but yeah, he he's got some more rumors on the iPhone 14 camera upgrades for the uh, the front facing cameras for FaceTime. He's saying that we're now going to get autofocus on the front camera because currently it's fixed focus, isn't it? Yeah. We're also getting a uh, a larger aperture size uh, from one point uh, to one point nine, isn't it? Uh, it was two point two before, so it should allow us to get. Those better bokeh photos. Those. Um, oh, I like. I like that you dropped in the old bokeh word. The better bokeh. We love a bit of bokeh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Portrait mode. Portrait, get mode better... portrait mode of the front camera. That's pretty awesome, wouldn't it? You know. Well, I think you yeah, know, a, a better version of it. A better one, a proper one, because it's got autofocus, so you can actually do it for real, <laughs> rather than uh, mocked mocker focus ones. But would that so, yeah. give you then? Would that give you then the ability to do center stage on the front camera potentially? I imagine so. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Depends on if it's expensive. It's wider. Don't we need a bit of a wide camera for that as well? Uh, yeah. Probably we do. They say that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um. Yeah. So he he was brief. Uh. So we're bound to hear more and more that's coming out as as we get closer. It's Twitter. It's always going to be brief. <laughs> <laughs> no. Have you not seen one of five hundred written and then it just goes oh, on, well, and on, the, on, the, on, like, on and on and on and on? The thread. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Or the fair. one of an in question mark and it just never ends. <laughs> Stop this, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a link to a Medium post or whatever. Yeah. Do <laughs> a yeah. blog. Uh, but yeah, next up, we've got more tidbits on Intel and their desktop lineup. So apparently, Intel are due to kind of flood the market. There are going to be eight different versions of the Arc uh, on launch. Yeah. So I looked at this and like, that's quite a lineup, isn't it? You know, from top of the range... Basically, I'm going to break your wallet um, through to that's quite affordable and probably wouldn't be too bad to play, yeah. I don't know, entry level games. <laughs> we haven't got all the details here. This is just no. about the number of FP cores and the amount and of memory. Rounds. We haven't, yeah, yeah, we haven't got things like the uh, memory speed or memory type. Um, we haven't got things about the clock speeds on the GPUs themselves. Now, and we're ranging from what, uh, what they call an ARC A310 at the bottom, which has got what, four XE cores and uh, 32, sorry, 512 FP32 cores and only 4 gig of RAM on a 64-bit bus, um, which is obviously, it's, it's our low-end one, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. It's all the way up to, level, yeah, but then at the top end, but then this is clearly where we're missing some of the specs. You know, we've got an A770, which has got, comes in two flavors, an 8 gig and a 16 gig variant. Uh, both have got 32 of the XC cores with 4,096 FP32 cores. So yeah, and it's either that 8 or 16 gig on a 256 bus. Then we've got the very top of the range, the A780, which again, it's got exactly the same spec yeah. and memory as the top one, 16 gig of RAM, 32, 4096, 256 bus. So I'm guessing that must differentiate by the speed of that memory and the speed it's of the GPU be, itself. It? Because as you say, on that kind of basic lineup, there's no yeah. differentiation. Otherwise, it's identical probably, to the 770, isn't it? The 16 gig uh, 770. Apart from probably a huge uh, price increase, probably. Um, but I wonder if it's a bit like a bit like Nvidia's TI modeling. Yeah, exactly. The spec doesn't really change. You just get its faster bins of the GPUs and the, and the memory, I suppose. Yeah, that's my that's my thought process on it. At least you know that because I can't see. I, you know, as you say, without proper spec here, we can't see why they would be on what's going to be on it. But yeah, what's look, the difference I mean, between the seven and the seven seventy? Yeah, but, but we're nothing. getting there. We're getting there, we are. aren't we? It's, you know, it's it's. I just, I just hope Intel are aggressive with the pricing. That's my and actually wish. have some stock. Yeah, some stock. Stock would so, be good. Didn't you buy a graphics card this week as part, you know, as part of a build for for somebody? Didn't you? I, you I did. I'm currently one? building a, a friend a, a build. Um, we're taking him from the heady heights of a nine, my old nine seventy, um, to a brand new thirty seventy Ti. 
not quite RRP pricing, but it wasn't far off it. Um, hundred pound more than a proper RRP. I get. Te- I am starting to get tempted. You know, I really hold am. out. Wait, wait till you know what the new AMD looks like. At this point, you've got a decent enough machine. Yeah, I know, but I'm getting itchy feet. You know, I just, you know. I just think I want to start planning a build and start looking at some specs. And I, I was really, you know, that case you showed me that um, that you've, you know, oh, yeah. purchased, you know, looks fantastic. I was like, that looks really got RGB really in it. Yeah. I haven't seen any photos of the RGB yet. Uh, I'm not. Too, yeah, I don't, I don't worry about. You can turn them off. You can turn them off though, or turn to whatever color you want. So uh, I just, yeah. um, I just was like, this looks really, really good. And um, are you going to go water cooling though? Well, I've tempt- I have to be honest with you, tempted, very tempted uh, with uh, with the um, the water cooler, CPU cooler you've got because it's a closed system. There's no, there's none of that yeah. old fashioned days of finding reservoirs. No, no, I don't need to do a closed system. I don't have the time for a full custom water loop set up. It's just too much effort for me. Yeah, so I was quite quite intrigued by that, and um, yeah, I have to say, so I, I'm gonna I'm going to be looking forward to finding out how good this system runs because um, I think it'll give me a base spec of to to kind of you know springboard from or take part it's a better system than mine it's faster than mine lucky boy yeah, so <laughs> i'm currently am... downloading lots of games for him <laughs> very cool very cool so yeah i'm looking forward to hearing more about that but yes uh the arc lineup is going to be a competitor if if they can release it in time for me I am what going i mean to you've got you've got here. amd's new you've got intel's just released platform you've got amd's new zen 4 just around the corner we've got the 4000 series and the intel arc so it's all good play for us. Well, I think it would be foolish to buy a new system now, knowing the system you've currently got. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I just it's more like just you know, a, like, I want something new and shiny. <laughs> yeah. Right. On that note, then it's probably a good place for yep. us to finish up. So we'll be back next week with episode eighty-six of the Weekly Tech Rant. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant, online at techrant.online for all of our show information, yep. and you can find us wherever you get your podcast from. And tell people about us. You know, let us know. Have your friends. Shout outs to all of our our listeners, uh, wide and far. And we will be back, as I say, next week for more of the latest tech news. So with that, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good day, everyone.